is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So this morning is not so much a preach, but more of a story. Who likes a good story? Some of you look unconvinced about this, but we'll give it a go anyway. So it isn't a classic preach. If you know me, normally my style is to open up God's Word and say, right, what is God's Word saying to us today? And we'd normally start by, by reading that together. But I want to talk this morning about some things that we've been feeling as a leadership team for a little while now, and uh, some things that we feel God is speaking to us about and leading us in. In many ways, it's a two-part message this week and next week. So this morning, I'm going to tell the story about how we have arrived to where we've got to. And then next week, we are going to open up some scripture together and look at what the Bible says. I'm going to preach into it as well. So for me, this morning, in some ways, is very exciting because I get to tell the story of what God's been speaking to us about. In other ways, it's somewhat unsettling because I'm not opening up the Bible and going, right, what is God's Word saying to us? So a bit of a strange one, but I do think it's important, and I do think it's key for us moving forward over the next few months or so uh, that we understand what we feel God's speaking to us about. I think it will impact how Jubilee develops, what we'll be looking at and going for, uh, and I think it will be um, critical and vital to to us over the, the coming time. So I'm thrilled you're here, be it in person or online. And uh, you ready to hear some of this? So let's pray and then um, I'm going to tell you a story. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence, your goodness, your love and your grace to us. And we pray now that you would speak to us as we uh, listen to some things that you've been saying to us over recent months. We, we pray that you'd speak to our hearts, that God, you'd catch us up in it for your glory and your kingdom. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to start with one verse of Scripture, however. And I'm not going to preach it as such. I just want to read it to you and just ask you to hold it in in your mind, if you like. Because whilst I won't necessarily be referring to it, it does sort of underpin some of the things that we'll be talking about over the time together this morning. And it's from Galatians chapter 2, verse 10. And it says this. Uh, Paul is describing what happened when he went to meet uh, the apostles uh, and uh, leaders of the church in Jerusalem. What did they say to him? They said this to him. All they asked, Paul said, was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I'd been eager to do all along. So, for us, looking back over the last 18 months or so, It has been a strange and challenging time. I'm sure you would have other words that you could use to describe the last 18 months or so as well. All of us had our routines turned upside down overnight. What we knew as normal was normal no more. Suddenly, we had to get used to staying at home. For many of us, working from home. 
For many of us, finding our children's schools closed to most pupils. And quickly, we adapted to a new online world. Meetings were online. School became online very quickly. Quiz evenings were online. Cookery clubs, even first dates were online. Not that I had a first date online, just to... So I'm just illustrating the point, okay, just in case you, you're wondering. <laughs> and churches too. Well, churches entered the online world. And so we began, began pre-recording meetings. We were, were streaming Sunday services and do, doing some things and developing it over a period of time. Life, life groups moved online as well and um, started to work out how to use Zoom. Uh, and things changed, didn't they, for us? For all of us, there was loss to one degree or another. All of us suffered loss of routine, loss of normality. Some people suffered a loss of a job or worse, loss of a loved one, someone who is close to them. And for many, these losses have been significant and real and tremendously painful over this time. But for others of us, if we're, if we're really honest about things, actually, the last 18 months or so has been, more than anything, an inconvenience. We've been challenged in our routine and things haven't been normal. But we haven't all suffered the same degree of loss that, that others have. I guess for the majority of those whose work life has continued, albeit in perhaps a different way, the pandemic has, has changed things, but hasn't been the dramatic loss that others have suffered, suffered catastrophically. But, you know, for some in our society, it has been catastrophic. It hasn't just been frustrating, but it's been devastating. The pandemic has not affected everyone equally. That's true around the world, and it's true in the UK as well. And depending upon your income level, your ethnicity, perhaps your social circle, or where you happen to live, you could be immune to some of these things. Let me give you some stats. This, this was researched last year by the Health Foundation. This is in the UK, okay? So people living in the poorest areas... I'm sorry, people living in the most affluent areas, rather, are 50% less likely to die of COVID than those living in the poorest areas. People of black ethnicity are four times as likely to die from COVID compared to people of white ethnicity. Disabled people were hit harder too, experiencing death rates two or three times higher than non-disabled people. One in three 18 to 24-year-olds fur were furloughed or lost their job twice the rate of working-age adults. And unsurprisingly, four in five social care workers in Scotland reported their work during COVID-19 negatively impacted their mental health. And whilst that research was in Scotland, I'm sure the same would be true right across the UK. 
Remember that verse from Galatians earlier? What do we do with that? What do we do with it? Well, you know, I became aware of these sort of stats. I'm sure they're not a surprise to you. I'm sure you would have seen them over passing months, talked about on the television or in newspapers or, or, or online. And so I started to pray and wonder what our response might be as a church to some of these things. Now, I know that others of you were praying too because I talked to some of you about these things and we were thinking, what's God saying to us as a church? What, what should be our response here? We know that there's this need. We know that there's people suffering. We know that things are happening around us. So what should we do about it? Now, I know that many of you were very involved in serving your local community, your, your road, if you like, the neighbours around you. You know, we were hearing of WhatsApp groups that were started to look after uh, elderly or vulnerable neighbours and make sure they were being cared for and fed and had shopping and all these things. And that happened on a real local level. And I know many of you were involved in that. And that was great to hear about. You know, not every response to things needs to come through the church. Sometimes God speaks to us and we respond as individuals and we respond on his behalf. And because he's done something in our heart, we, know we want to respond with the love of God. But we do that ourselves. It doesn't have to be organized by others or organized by the church. There were some things we did together, such as food bank collections or raising money for COVID relief in other parts of the world as well. And, and all that was good, and it was great that we were doing those things. But somehow it felt that something was missing. Didn't quite seem enough. It felt like there was something else for us. You know, I knew there are many practical needs being met in our city by, by lots of people, by individuals like, like you and me and others, by, other, by churches, by charities and other organizations. But the question kept coming to me, what should we be doing? What's our part to play here? Well, as I prayed, the, the more, I, more I prayed about it, the more I, I thought about it and talked to the Lord about it, I, I felt that our time, if you like, would come after the initial phases of the pandemic of the last 18 months. I felt there'd be some things for us to do as life began to unlock again and return to some degree of normality. Now, if I'm really honest with you, this was, I guess, frustrating and exciting in equal measure. It was frustrating because... I knew God was saying something, but I didn't know what. But it was exciting because God was promising something. So can you relate to that? You know God's promising you something, but you can't quite see what it is yet. You're not quite sure what it will look like. So I was living in this sort of frustrating and excited place most of the time. Yes, God was going to show us some things, but hadn't shown them to us yet. It did really feel that our time was going to make a difference, but it was going to be as things began to unlock. And there was one other thing going on as well. Pretty much every prophetic voice in this country and I think around the world was talking about God wanting to reset his church. Was talking about God wanting to make some changes to his church. And I felt that as well. And maybe some of you did. 
And there was lots of talk about that online and different prophetic voices were, were talking into that, speaking into it. And um, whilst I had that sense, the more I prayed about it, the more I knew that was the case. But again, wasn't sure what that would look like. Wasn't sure what it meant. So again, I'm living in this exciting and frustrating place of sensing that God wants to change some things, to reset some stuff and do something new, but not quite knowing what it was yet. Can you relate to that? <laughs> that's, the, that's the place I've been living for most of the 18, last 18 months or so. If I'm honest with you, I think that probably God wanted to do something to turn us looking outward more. I think we've got probably quite inward looking. It's easy to get in a place like this, isn't it? I think, oh, we're comfortable here. It's nice chairs. It's cozy. And it's, we know one another. And that's great. Uh, and it's easy to come into a place like this and somehow separate ourselves from the world out there. And actually, God wanted to focus us afresh on the world out there. Maybe to recalibrate what was important to us. But that's as much as on you. And so more prayer, more thinking about it. And we start to discuss this as elders. And um, if you ask any of them, you, you'll know that, that they'll probably tell you that, you know, it's a bit frustrating because Graham would come excited and frustrated but not really know what about. And we had, you know, some discussions about that. And then a couple of things happened. We had a prayer meeting at the beginning of June. Now, I'm going to pause here, and I'm going to plug our prayer meeting on Wednesday night, half past seven on Zoom. Details will be on the app. You need to download it. What I'm going to share now, God spoke to us at the prayer meeting in June about, and lots has flowed out of there. I wonder what God might speak to us about this week. Are you going to be there? Maybe God will speak through you. Maybe God will speak to us through what you bring or what you pray. So, Prayer meeting, beginning of June. Lucy, had a word. Maybe you remember this, I'm not sure if you do. Looking worried now, it's okay, it's all good. She had a word about God wanting to shake us up in order that the oil of God might flow out into the city. Do you remember that? You too. Well, that really resonated with me. It was exactly what I had been feeling. That God wanted to shake us up a bit and uh, the oil of God might flow out to those around us in this city and beyond. And then Jody had a word for us. She may be with us online this morning. And she had a word which was basically, blossom where you're planted. That was her phrase. Blossom where you're planted. And so I started to think about this. It's when this prayer meeting, we're online on Zoom, and I'm starting to think about this. What does that mean? Where, where am I planted? I'm thinking, God, where have you planted me? And I know the, the first response is, well, is it in Jubilee? You've given me something to do here. Uh, but apart from that, I'm thinking, God, where have you planted me? Where could, where could I blossom for you, Lord? I'm, I'm praying this. I'm thinking about it. I'm starting to scribble some notes down as we pray together. And the answer for me, and perhaps for, for me and Sarah, personally seems to relate to the whole area of fostering. I was reminded of uh, our friend Juliet's word to us some years ago, uh, way back in 2015 actually, about us being a church that would work closely with the local authority in the areas of fostering and adoption. And I, and I started to, to write down what God had done over that period of time, thinking, 
wow, God, you've done a lot, actually. You spoke way, way back in 2015, and really not much was happening then. And now there's a whole load of things happening in that area. And if you're with us over the summer, one Sunday in the field, I, I talked about that, and we listed uh, what God is doing across Derby and Burton in the whole area of fostering and adoption and working with our lo respected local authorities in that area. It's like, wow, God, you have planted us somewhere. I'm thinking, Lord, you, yeah, you have planted me somewhere. You've planted me and Sarah somewhere that we can perhaps blossom for you and, uh, and maybe make an impact and bring the kingdom of God to. And as I began to think about it, it was clear that there were some partnerships and some relationships that God had given us and was beginning to give us that seemed to be what he was talking about. This phrase, blossom where you're planted. I wonder where has God planted you? Where has he put you? What are the opportunities that he has given to you? Quite uniquely, perhaps. So that was on the 9th of June. The 17th of June, we met as elders and we prayed and discussed what God had been saying. And we started to write down some of these relationships and partnerships that we felt God had given to us and was beginning to expand maybe. Perhaps some of the ministries that we already had as a, as a local church. So we wrote down things like the whole area of fostering and adoption, like I referred to earlier. Some of us are involved in doing that hands-on. Uh, others of you have been involved in helping to support that. So uh, Sarah and Naomi uh, led a whole initiative making up fostering baby bags. Remember that? The baby bags for, for babies coming into care. Social workers still talk about those, actually. It's great. And, uh, and we redecorated we redecorated the contact centre that kids go to to meet with birth family. And so it wasn't just the hands-on fostering thing. There were other things that we were doing in relationship with the local authority. We thought, oh, that's the relationship we've got. That's a partnership we've got. And what else we got? Well, Lord, you've given us this relationship and partnership with our, our friends, Kevin and Mel and Faith, Hope and Enterprise. And we've got some relationships there and some of you are involved in working with them and supporting them in different ways. Okay, I wrote that down. Oh yes, Sarah Lee has just started volunteering with Safe Families and that's another organisation that's at work in the city supporting uh, vulnerable uh, and families in need. And, oh yeah, we wrote that down, it's another one. Think, oh, there's Rich and Fiona with, with a furniture project with Hope City Furniture. And, oh Lord, you're beginning to join our hearts with them as well. And, oh God, there's a relationship beginning to emerge here, wrote that down. You go, oh, yeah, you know, the Blue Mountain Homes that Sandeep and Rihanna are involved in, Sandeep leading. And, oh, that's God, that might be a relationship you're, you're, you're expanding. You know, write that down. We thought, oh, what else have we got? We thought, well, we know we've got uh, things like Smile uh, that Sarah and, and Joe have been leading recently, serving families who have got children with additional needs. And, oh, yeah, Lord, you, you've given us some links there and some relationship. We wrote that down. They went away to pray some more, thinking, God, what are you saying about these things? How do you want us to grow and develop, maybe? Now, after months of being frustrated, I could begin to see maybe a way forward. Things are beginning to fall into place. And around this time, we started to preach through the book of James. Some of you remember on the field, we, we preached through James. It's interesting, isn't it? I wanted to preach through James earlier in the year. I wanted to do it in January. That's my, that was my plan, my great plan. Oh, 
God had other ideas. I got COVID. That's me out of the picture for six weeks. So we preached through Nehemiah and John led us through on that. That's a great series. We didn't do James then. So we got to James in the summer. Just as I'm starting to think about these things and we're talking and praying and God's beginning to speak. And we get to James chapter 2. First half, about loving one another. Talked about that last week, remember? <laughs> Second half of James chapter 2 talks about faith and deeds. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Just, just to be clear, just in case you missed the series, you weren't there on that Sunday when we talked about this passage, James is not saying that you're saved by works, okay? But he is saying you're saved for works. You're saved for something in order to make a difference. It's a challenging passage. And we, we spent some time looking at it. I'm not going to do it again. You can look at the video uh, on, online if you missed that one. But I was challenged as I was preparing it, as I was preaching it. I'm thinking, wow, God, what are you saying? What am I doing? What are you doing? What are, what are we doing together? So all this is going on. You still with me? Okay, all this is going on. So we met again as, as elders a couple of weeks later. And you know what? I have to say, that was one of the best elders meetings I have ever been in. And I've been in quite a few. And normally they're good. Don't get me wrong. You might be thinking, oh, they're all dreadful. They're not dreadful. They're great. But this was different. God was speaking powerfully to us. Adam had been uh, pondering and praying, or maybe praying and pondering. I'm not quite sure which way around it was. Uh, and he was thinking about what we've been talking about a couple of weeks previously. And he came saying, well, you know what? How about maybe once a year or so, we do something on a Sunday that, that works with some of these organizations or partnerships or relationships we've got to, to order to bless and encourage and serve and, and so on. After all, you know, most of us will be around on a Sunday. Where we're here, aren't we? Or, or watching online. We've probably got Sundays in our diary for church. You know, that, that's so, it might be good to do something then, perhaps. I'm like, well, I like the idea, but I don't think it goes far enough. How about if not just once a year, we did something maybe three or four times a year where actually we did something that was completely different to what we do normally. That actually God would maybe turn us completely inside out so that maybe we did something not just once a year to serve, bless, work with some of these organizations and partnerships, but actually it became a regular, often part of church life. I mean, God had been speaking to us about reshaping things. This sounded like he wanted to reshape some stuff. I mean, doing something once a year, it's great, but it's not really reshaping it. But we took the genesis of that thought and what God had been saying to Adam. And how about if we took that one step further and made it a regular part of church life? Not some add-on extra for the keenies. You know, the sort of keenies, you know, we've... Not some add-on extra for the keenies, but for all of us regularly. Well, that could be exciting, couldn't it? How about if three or four times a year, we didn't gather for worship here, but rather we gathered to go, to serve, to bless, to minister, to encourage, to reach out. 
We didn't gather for worship, but rather we gathered for mission. Oh, I like this. This is turning us inside out. This is making sure that it's not just about loving one another and seeking to encourage and bless and disciple one another. All of those things are important. Don't misunderstand me. But rather, in the midst of that, we did something to serve those who aren't in the room. Maybe some of those people that have been really affected over the last 18 months or so. And we thought, hey, we could do something alongside some of these organizations and relationships that we've got already. Those places that God has planted us. We could begin to really blossom in some of those places. How about making a difference to some folk who really weren't in the room, but really needed to hear and know the love of God? Well, you know what? The faith level went through the roof. As we began to think and dream about what this could look like, we thought, yeah, we're going to do things that make, we make sure that everybody could be included. So, like I say, this is not just for the keenies. This is for all of us. This is not a bolt onto church life. This is church life. So even kids could get involved. We might have something that we're a litter picking project, for example. We could go pick and pray. Do you like that? We could pick and pray. We could say to the council, we, say, we could say, what's the worst place in the city right now for rubbish? We want to give a whole bunch of people a Sunday morning to go and make a difference there. Go pick and pray. Well, there's a sense of God speaking. I'm really going to talk about this. There's a sense of faith, of excitement, and of a plan. And you know me, I like a plan. And suddenly things started to be coming together. Now, we talked some more, we worked through some hesitations and questions we had, and by the end of it, we thought, no, no, God has been speaking to us. Now we need to take some steps of obedience and do something about it. It's very easy, isn't it, to hear God speaking sometimes and think, well, Lord, that sounds nice, <laughs> but oh, maybe that's for others. Maybe that's for the keenies. Maybe that's for the radicals. But you know what? I believe God is calling us all to be radical all to be radical in following him. So before the summer, we gathered some of our sort of key stakeholders together, people involved in some of these areas already, and said, look, what do you think? Are we barking up a completely bonkers tree, or do you think that God might be in this? And they're all like, well, no, we, we think God might be in this. This could be really exciting. So we genuinely feel, friends, that this is a response. This is a response to God speaking to us. This morning, we're not just launching a new initiative for Jubilee, but rather we're saying God has been leading us. He's been speaking to us about making some major changes to who we are and what the church looks like. And we generally feel that what we're doing in this is beginning to respond to what God is saying to us. Like I said, it's not adding something on. It's not just sort of bolting on some projects on the side of what we do, but rather we're saying that we feel God wants to reshape some things, to, to, to really affect our DNA, really transforming us, to put right at the core of who we are a desire to bless, to reach, to serve, to love, to minister to those who are far from God. 
you've been around Jubilee for a while, you may have recalled some of the Love Derby events that we've done uh, in, in days past. And some of these things may be similar. We're not sure if we'll call it that yet. That was one idea to call it that. Another uh, option would be to call it Jubilee X. You know, the X signifying collaboration and partnership as well as love and multiplication. So we might call it that. Might call it the Big Sunday Serve. We're not sure about some of these things yet, but what he wants to do this morning was to catch you up in the journey and say, you know what, we feel God speaking to us. We'd love you to be part of it. So what's the plan, you might say? Well, the plan is for three or four Sundays a year, we're not going to be gathering here. We will not be here meeting for worship, but rather we will be gathering for mission. We'll still be meeting just in a variety of locations across the city in some different places in order to serve, love, bless, reach and minister the love of God in some practical ways. And we're really hoping it's not just going to be four Sundays a year. That might be the big thing. But you know, wouldn't it be great if some people said, you know what, I'm, I'm loving this particular area of ministry or working with that organisation. I, I think I could do that ongoing. Or maybe a life group would say, you know what, we've, we, we, we've loved partnering with, um, with one of these particular ministry organisations. Wouldn't it be great if we as a life group were able to do something on an ongoing basis? You might say as a life group, well, you know, we've, we've loved working with Faith, Hope and Enterprise, for example. And, hey, we, we, we feel we could get to know some of the residents a bit more as, as a group and regularly encourage and support them. Wouldn't that be great? This isn't just a, hey, once a quarter. This is something that can develop into other areas of church life as well. God is calling us afresh to love those who are far from him and to serve our city. And I really believe that now is the time for us to step up and make this difference that we've been talking about. We know that many people around us have been disproportionately affected by the last 18 months. As we begin to gather once again, we have an opportunity to serve, to love, to bless, to reach, and to minister the love of God. And I do believe that now is our time to do that. There's lots I could say, but I'll say some more next week. We're out of time for this morning. But let me finish with this. Some really practical things. You might have a whole load of questions. And uh, some of those questions we may have thought of, some of them we may not have thought of yet. But we're in the process of appointing somebody to help coordinate this. We feel yeah, this is going to be so important, so central to who we are, this needs some time to help make it happen well. And so we're in the process of, uh, of doing that at the moment, looking at taking somebody on uh, maybe a day a week or so to help us with that. We're going to be using the new Community Loop app to help, help it as well. So you really do need to download it and get on it because that's how we'll begin to organise the different things that will happen over these weeks. And we'll let you know in coming weeks what it will look like practically, when it will be, how you can get involved, what it might mean for uh, you, you as a family or your life group maybe. Uh, I'm sure you'll have a whole bunch of questions. And we're not coming this morning saying we've thought of every question and got all the answers. We really haven't. 
about what we felt we wanted to do right at the beginning of gathering together again. This is week two for us back here. Week one was, hey, let's remember to love one another. <laughs> week two, it's this important, is you know what? God is reshaping us, focusing our gaze outside the four walls of Quad to the city around us that he's called us to, to make a real difference, to serve, to love, to bless, to reach, and to minister. Like I say, it's not just going to be once a quarter. There'll be ongoing things as well. And regularly on a Sunday, we'll be telling stories of what's happening. We'll be talking about what's coming up. We'll be telling stories of what happened last time. So increasingly, this will become a regular feature of church life for us. This is not just a once a quarter thing. This is about everyday church life for us being increasingly focused on those who are far from God. It really is not just a bolt-on. This is more radical than that. It feels like a new chapter has turned. It feels like we've gone for a new page. We've got an opportunity to write another chapter in the story of Jubilee Church. And friends, I'd love you to be part of this. I really would with all my heart. There are lots of things we're going to work out and have to work out together. But let's be responding to God and seeing what his leading is. This has come out of God speaking to us. I said at the beginning, God spoke to us at the prayer meeting in June. I wonder what he might say to us this week coming. As we've shared about this, we're going to be praying into this on Wednesday night. I'd love you to be there and let's be together saying, Lord, how are you leading us? What are you saying? What is our response? And in case you're concerned, don't worry, we're still looking to build a loving, caring, worshipping community. That hasn't changed. We, we still want to be that vibrant community shaped by the Spirit, equipped by the Word and sense the nations. What we're doing here is underlining that, that sense part. And it's not just nations, it's neighbourhoods. God is sending us afresh. To reach, to love, to bless, to serve, to minister the love and grace of God to those who are far from Jesus. Are you up for that journey? Yeah, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you that you have been speaking to us. We thank you that in recent months you've spoken to us so clearly. And Lord, as we begin to respond as a church family together, would you, would you help us to work it out well? Help us to understand what it looks like. Help us to catch every area of church life up from the youngest to the oldest. We pray, oh God, that you would be at work in us in order that we might make a difference for you. That, God, we might be able to reach and love and serve and bless and encourage and minister to those who are far from you. God, we know we're not saved by what we do. We, we, we get that. We understand that. But we know that you have saved us for something and for a purpose. And today, afresh, we want to commit ourselves to doing all that we can, playing our part in building your kingdom in this city and beyond. So God, keep speaking to us, keep encouraging us, we pray. 
We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, so that's the story. Next week we'll be unpacking some scripture together to, to undergird this and underline it. And we'll be seeing what God is speaking to us over coming days. So, download the app. Get to the prayer meeting on Wednesday night, 7.30 on Zoom. And look forward to seeing you here in Derby next week or the Burton Nights in the school next week or online next Sunday if you're joining us in that way. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk and come along on any Sunday morning.